Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Yes, in my meditation yesterday at about 1 a.m., and the Lord caused me to begin to share this with you. I was, you know, I told you I was going to brand it up with the issue of forgiveness. And uh, I was now saying, Lord, what do you think the people would need? And he gave this to me to share with you. It's a little bit revelational, but it brings you to the understanding of who you are as a believer. That which is called born again. But the aspect that the Lord actually spoke to me about is John 3, number 5. John chapter 3 and verse number 5. You may call this entering the kingdom. We just look at that. Two things, or one major and then other characteristics that you need to enter into the kingdom of God. In John 3 verse 5, it says, Verily, or Jesus answered him, Very, very, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Water and spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And there is something I want you to understand. Well, help me now. When we're done with this, we're going to be talking on how you enter into the city. In the book of Revelation, we have 12 gates. Is that okay? So this is going to take us some time. It just struck me now. That is the entering of this city. You have to go through the gates to be able to enter a city. And you enter the kingdom. There are some things that you need to be able to experience to be able to enter into the kingdom. Now get this right. If we know what the kingdom is, which we're going to define very shortly, Simply put, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. We are talking of entering into joy. We are talking of entering into the righteousness of God. We are talking of entering the joy and the peace of God. Now, this is the point. If you follow what Jesus said to Nicodemus, you see, you enter. Is that okay? There's a place of sin. There's a place of entering. Sin is not the same thing as entering. And if you don't enter into a realm, you cannot experience what is in that realm. If this is where we worship, for instance, you can rightly see this from the roadside. You can point to it. That is Kedis, that's the church building. But if you are not inside here, you can't see what is on the inside. And you can experience what is inside. Are you following what I'm saying here? And for you to come in, you have to pass through any of these doors to be able to come in here. To experience God's presence, as it were, in fellowship with us. So there's a place of sin, and there's a place of entering. Most times, we see, but we don't enter. Now, why we don't enter? Because there are things that you really need to experience to be able to enter. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Now, if you look at this from the Amplified Translation, it says, 
Jesus answered and assured you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The word born actually means to procreate. Now, this is where the issue is. We will not be able to deal with all of that now, but to procreate means to give back to something. Now the question is, do we really believe H2O can give back to somebody? That's the point. But because it's saying you've got to be born of water and the Spirit. So if water means H2O, can H2O give back to somebody in the Spirit? That's the point. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Except you are born off. Now you need to understand the word off. The word off means you are a product of that thing. Now, the Bible says, Cain is off the devil. Have you read that? Good. The scripture says, speaking to Mary, Joseph in particular, that which is in her is off the Holy Ghost. Are you following what I'm talking about? That means the Holy Spirit is responsible for the birth. That means the devil is responsible for the killing of Abel through Cain. Off means like a product of something. So the question is, if we're talking about spiritual reality, can H2O give back to you? Because he's saying, except a man is born off. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Amen? To procreate, to be a father of. I, I want to say, H2O cannot father you. And that's why we're going to go into something really good. Is that okay? H2O can give back to you. Never. Praise God. He also means by extension, a mother. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It means to regenerate. It means to bear. It means to burn. Enter actually speaks of to arise. To come. To enter into. To go through. So except you are regenerated and arise from the state you are, you can enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I'll give you a simple illustration. You've been reading, and all that most time you can remember is how that these widows, I mean, these lepers by the gates, how many of you have read about that? Right? The lepers by the gate have said, no, if we don't go into the city, we're going to die. How many of you understand that? Good. Do you know what happened? An understanding came to them. And that quickened them. They rose from their sitting position. They arose and went into the city. Are you sitting there with me? You got to arise from your state of death in Adam and move into the reality of God's kingdom. There is an arising that takes place, and most especially in your conscious spirit man, down to your soul. Is that okay? Now you follow this. So Jesus was speaking here and saying, You've got to enter into the kingdom of God. He's not just talking about sin now. I like you find in verse 3, he's saying there is the need for you to enter, to participate, to experience 
what the kingdom is. Now, go with me to Ephesians 3, verse 26. Ephesians 5, rather, verse 26. Ephesians 5, 26. I want to show you something. The Bible says that he might sanctify and cleanse it. What is the it here? Talking about the church. Is that okay? With the washing of water by what? By the word. The washing of water by the word. Now, the word by, you listen closely. The word by is the same thing as en, means in or through. In other words, it's cleansing the church in the world or through the world. So the water speaks of the word. Are you listening to me? You must be born again of water and the spirit. What is the water? The word. Which is the seed. You know, the word of God is the seed of God, is the sperm of God, by which your life is transformed. Hallelujah. Turn with me to First John chapter 5, verse number 5. First John chapter 5, verse number 5. Praise the Lord. First John 5, verse number 5. Are you there with me? Okay. This is what he says. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bear witness. Because the Spirit is truth. He came by water. How did he come by water? Question. Are you following me? He came by water and the Spirit. I mean the blood. Now, ordinarily pull this in terms of his baptism into death. The blood speaks of his death. The water speaks of his experience, as it were, water baptism. But, God is right. What he's saying is, the water and the spirit, they are one working together to transform whoever experiences this. To enter into the kingdom. Now I'm going to show you a few things about that. Look at Ezekiel 36 verse 25. Let's just quickly go through scripture so that you can understand what I'm saying. Ezekiel 36 verse 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. He's speaking to Israel in Babylon, in captivity. Is that okay? I will sprinkle clean water upon you. That is where some people get confused. Some say we need to dip people in water. Others say you need to sprinkle water. If you have the water sprinkling, good. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols, and I will cleanse you. And a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my status, and you shall keep my judgment, and do what? And do them. Praise the living God. You know what God is speaking to Israel? I'm going to get you back to myself, and you begin to walk in obedience to me. 
And when you begin to walk in obedience to me, I'm going to bless you. In the first place, right now you are in captivity. Is that okay? But I'm going to cause you to come back. And the only way to do that is to sprinkle clean water upon you. I'm going to show you what the clean water stands for. I'll sprinkle clean water upon you, and I'll give you a fleshly heart to understand and believe what I'm saying. And when you begin to walk in obedience, you come into the place of blessing. Hallelujah. So automatically you find that God is speaking to Israel, I'm going to baptize you. Is that okay? Now, when are we going to see Israel go to one particular river to be baptized? But God said he's going to sprinkle clean water upon them. And when that is done, they'll come to the place of obedience, begin to obey the laws of God. Listen, folks. One of the ways by which you come, in fact, the way God intends to bless you abundantly is to walk in obedience to whatever thing he asks you to do. Praise the Lord. That is just it. To walk in obedience to whatever I ask you to do. If God is speaking to you, please do what God asks you to do. And don't you forget this. If he gives you an instruction, you don't take it. I'm not sure God is going to give you another instruction. Until you obey the first instruction, he's not giving you another instruction. And there are times God will leave you to yourself. And it's called a reprobate mind. Hallelujah. He said, because they refuse to retain the knowledge of God, Romans chapter 2. Because they refuse to retain the knowledge of God in their heart, He gave them over to what? A reprobate mind to do those things that are not lawful. Romans 1 down through. He gives men reprobate mind. Some of the things you are doing today, God has spoken to you not to do them, but because the first time He gave you the instruction, you refuse to do what He asked you to do, He gives you another spirit. Yeah, he said, I'm going to give you another spirit, that spirit that will enable you to do what? To obey whatever thing I'm asking you to do. If I must emphasize this, you don't own your life. Some hundred tests of that. We are the sheep of his pasture. If you understand what it means to be a sheep to the Lord, you must come to the place of obedience in that which he says so that you can get your blessing. Hallelujah. He said, I will sprinkle clean water. Let me show you what that stands for. Isaiah 52, verse number 13. Isaiah 52, verse 13. What does it mean to sprinkle clean water upon Israel? This is what he says. Behold, my servant shall deep prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many as we astonish at thee, his visage was so mad more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he. <laughs> the man is, so shall he sprinkle. Many nations and kings shall shut their mouths at him, for that which have not been told them shall they see, and that which they have not heard shall they consider. Are you there with me? God said he's going to sprinkle Water upon the nations. What is that supposed to mean? I'm taking you down to somewhere. Just like he sprinkled clean water upon which people? Upon Israel. And when that happened, what's the next thing that followed? They begin to obey the word of the Lord. And here the Bible is telling us that Jesus, with all of that which he passed through on the cross, at the end of it, is going to sprinkle clean water 
upon the nations. And what happened was the next thing that followed, the Bible made us to understand here, that even the nations do begin to see. Are you there with me? And they shall see, and they which have not heard, they shall do what? They shall consider. That means they begin to hear what they've never heard before. I'm going to make you see from the New Testament what the scripture is saying. So go with me to Romans chapter 15 verse 18. Romans 15 verse 18. Look at what it says. Paul is speaking. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which God has wrought through me to the Gentiles, or to make the Gentiles obedient by the word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem, round about Elikum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea. So, have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I build upon another man's foundation. But look at verse number 21. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall do what? Understand. What are the nations seeing? Now you begin to see. Paul is speaking here and saying, the preaching of the gospel is what will cause the nations to see what they've never seen before and to hear what they've never had before. What is it that they've never seen? They never know anything about Jesus Christ. Talking about the Gentiles. But they are going to hear. So what is the water? Remember, in Isaiah 52, he said he will sprinkle clean water upon what? The nations. Now Paul is referring to the same prophecy and he said, this is what I've just done. Preaching to the Gentiles so that they might begin to see and to do what? And to hear. What that's supposed to mean? It means the gospel is changing the nations and that is the baptism of the nations. Is it making sense to you? Hallelujah. So when we talk about the baptism of water and the spirit, we're talking of that which changes your life. The truth is this. You may go dip yourself in the river a hundred times and come back, you're just coming back wet. Without change in your life. But the gospel of Jesus is meant to change you. It's meant to transform you. Is that okay? There is a spirit behind the gospel. And so when God said, He's going to sprinkle the nations, what He said is going to... Now, somebody needs to understand. When He said, Go ye into all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you begin to understand it now? What He's trying to say, Go preach to the nations, and let them come into the understanding of who the Father is, who the Son is, and what the Holy Spirit stands for. That's a baptism. Otherwise, how do you baptize the nations? Go here into the nation, baptizing them. Is that what I mean? Go carry out the nations? He's not talking of individuals, ordination, ethnic composition, baptizing them. How do you do that? By preaching the gospel unto them. Are you following me? Look at Romans 16, verse 24. Romans 16, 24. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now is made manifest and by the scripture of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of what? Of faith. 
Praise God. Can you get it now? When the nations are baptized, they come into the place of what? Obedience by faith. When you are baptized, you come into the place of obedience by what? By faith. You walk in in church, you walk in outside of faith or without faith, you are yet to know exactly who you are. You have not received the baptism as it were. So, we are not even talking about. Mind you, this is one of the conditions to enter into what? The kingdom of God. Because when I'm going to take it to the book of Second Peter chapter 1, you begin to find that there are specific characteristics that God said you must have for an entrance to be open for you to enter into what? The kingdom of God. People will always contend that the kingdom is not here, the kingdom have not come. And that is because they can't experience what the kingdom stands for. Why is it that they are not experiencing it? Because they have not been baptized. By water and what? And the Spirit. It requires obedience of faith to get everything that God has for you. So many of us are so negligent about what we're talking about. We are so negligent about what, what, what the Word of God is, about what Christ is, about what the church is supposed to be doing. We are so negligent of it. We don't have faith in what God is saying. We live our life just the way we want it. Our emotion dictates our life. No, 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 no. It's not supposed to be so. If God gives you an instruction, if God calls you to himself, if God ever directed you to do anything, you better stay there doing it in faith. That's where reward comes from. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody following what I'm talking about? That is why it's important for you to hear God. But the truth again is, God speaks to each and every one of us. It's just that you are not mindful to know exactly what God is saying. He talks to you in dreams and visions. He uses circumstances to speak to you. All the time, of course, we have a series on how to hear the voice of God. You go back and listen to that. We hear God every day, but we don't follow the instructions of God. And it's so unfortunate. I told you here a few days ago, when there was a burial taking place in my home. I'm supposed to be one of the elders in the family now. And then I was constrained as to what to do, because they needed my presence. What happened? 1 a.m. in the night, the Lord just spoke to me. Matthew chapter 8, verse 22. I went there, picked the Bible, looked at it. As a matter of fact, my wife read it first before me. I was wondering, I said, the Lord just, we're doing money devotion. And I said, the Lord just told me to read Matthew 21, but I was so tired, I couldn't get her to read it. She went to the room to read it. What happened? Scripture is saying, let the dead bury their dead. I have no option. And to go do what God wants me to do. Are you following what I'm talking about? You must learn to hear God. Even in your domestic affairs. Don't think God is not concerned about the way you live your life. Don't think God is not concerned about the way you, you live your life with people, with your husband, with your wife, with your children. Don't think God is not concerned. He's concerned about the way you live with your people. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Now let, let me show you. If you think God is not concerned, Romans, go with me to Romans, be a transformed by renewing of your mind. I want you to look at that from the King James, I mean, um, the, the, the message translation. We'll come back to what I'm talking about. But let's read it. Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 1 and 2. Message translation. So here is what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Did you get that? 
your everyday, your ordinary life, your domestic life. You think God is not concerned about the way you live your life? Even the way you cook your soup. You think he's not concerned? <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Are, are you there with me? I mean, somebody said, Pastor, what are you talking about? How do you prepare the meal? Is it with cheerfulness? No, think about it. Do you prepare the meal with cheerfulness? Oh, somebody said, what do you mean? How many of you understand that the widow of Zarephath prepared a meal with cheerfulness for the man of God and there was transformation in her family? Praise the Lord. What did he say? So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and walking around. Come on, I seen that. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. You jockey with your life. You careless with your life. You don't know God is concerned with your everyday life. Even your sleeping. He's concerned about it. Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? God is serious. He's in a serious business with you. That's why your faith is so important. In obedience to whatever thing he says. Your everyday life. Sleeping, eating, walking around, talking to your husband or your wife. God is concerned about it. Your dressing, God, is your, is it the, your ordinary life, even the way you cut your fingernails is concerned about it. <laughs> is that your ordinary life? Am I correct? Is it your ordinary life? So, don't tell me God is not concerned. He's concerned about everything about your life. The way you talk to people. Hmm? The way you withhold smile from people. So that the only thing they see is a big face. God is concerned about that. Everyday life. The way you set the table. Don't think about it. Listen, I'm describing being born again. By the water, which is the word of the Spirit. Your everyday life, even the way you set your table for your husband, is concerned about it. Hey boy, you like that? Glory to God. Now somebody say, but Pastor, what, what do you mean? No. Go and ask Abraham. He will tell you. Everything I'm telling you, you may think I'm just talking. To, I'm talking from Scripture. When Abraham was serving the people, he stood there. The wife was there. They were watching these people eat the meal. They didn't just drop it and go away. Go and read it. Your everyday life, the way you serve people. Think God is not concerned about it. The way you treat people shows whether you are born again or not. Listen, I don't care about your tongues. No, 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 no. I'm concerned about your everyday life that produces peace and joy in the home, in the church, in the community. Your everyday life. Praise God. Be careful. It's not enough to say you are born again. It's not enough to say you are going to church. It's not enough to say you carry the Bible. Be careful not to lose out because there's an entry. And you see, when you finish entering the kingdom, you also possess the kingdom. Jesus says, inherit the kingdom prepared for you by my Father. 
There is a place of sin. There is a place of entry. There is a place of possessing. Why don't you think you are possessing? You don't possess where you are supposed to possess because you have not even entered. You cannot possess where you are outside of the kingdom. Are you saying it here? Your everyday life, even in your workshop, in your workshop, the way you treat people. How many of you understand? Jesus was so proficient as a carpenter that people knew him as a carpenter's son. Is that not a carpenter's son? He was proficient in what he was doing. Your everyday life. You can see serve God. He said, the Bible said, do all things to the glory of God. Look at it here. You're sleeping. And that is so important. That means even the place you sleep, the way you, the way you take care of it, is important to God. Am I correct? Oh, look at that. He says sleeping. So, can you sleep without making your bed? Is it possible? You think God is not concerned about that? Even you're sleeping. Huh? We're talking about being born again. <laughs> so that you can understand what I'm saying. Even you're sleeping. Some ladies, be careful. You're sleeping. How is your bed? Huh? Clothes will be dragging bed with you. Your husband will find no space to put head. I have nowhere to lay my head because clothes are there. Even you're sleeping. I'm talking of being born again by the water and the spirit. Said so the gospel. I'm going to sprinkle clean water upon the nations. Not water, clean one. In other words, I'm bringing the glorious gospel to the nations. And they are going to obey and walk in faith. Come on. The world is meant to transform people. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Obedience to the faith. You can go back. Oh, let's look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. It's so important. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. How do you like that? Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognizing what He wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in your life. Don't, don't mold yourself. You know what he's talking about? No, this is the way I was born. This is the way we used to do it. No. Is that okay? No, my father, my father, no, 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 my, my, my mother, my mother didn't teach me like that. No. It's not about your home culture. It's by what God says. Look at, oh, come on. You know, when I was talking about sleeping, some of you, have you read the Song of Solomon? Have you read the book of Song of Solomon? He said, oh, where is my, where is my well beloved? Let him come. My bed is well prepared. There's all spices around it. It's there in the book. That's how a woman makes bed. Go and read it. So where is my beloved? I'm waiting for my husband. My, my bed is well prepared. We're perfume with pine lights. Beautiful. Praise God. Are you there with me? Don't allow yourself 
to be molded into the culture of the environment you find yourself. Let the Bible culture mold you. That is what it means for you to be born of the water and the spirit. When the word of God begins to walk in your heart, you walk in obedience to what God is saying. Transformation begins to take place from your inside out. There will be a reflection of what is on the inside on the outside. It means when your heart is changed, your activity will begin to demonstrate the change that has taken place on your inside. Are you following me? Hallelujah. So this faith was to be made known that he might believe his doctrine and obey the precepts. It's universal voice of God requiring repentance towards God. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Circumcision of heart. In the place of all Jewish rites and ceremonies and traditions. Cultures. No. God wants a change. He wants a transformation. Are you sitting there with me? Praise the living God. Is anybody following what I'm talking about this morning? I'm talking about being born again of water and the spirit. You know, the common thing you know about being born of water and the Spirit is you going to swim in the river. I have no problem with that. I can dip you seven times, come out of it. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, plus the church, anyone. I can do all of that. But, what God really wants is your chain from the inside out. Is that okay? Is anybody following me? And your chain from the inside out affects your everyday life. Your everyday life. One of the wonderful testimonies will go from the help me father. The pastors, I mean the couples week we had here. Powerful testimony I got from that. I showed my wife. And the man wrote the guy said write down one of the best things. I mean ten things that you can't forget your, your wife have done for you. Or your husband have done for you. Because the Bible says true love have no record of wrongs. So, but we have record of good things. Amen? And the man said, I became a believer because of the conduct of my wife. I'll show you. Among us here, the only reason the man is in church is because of the attitude of the wife. But some of our attitudes send the men away. I'm talking of your everyday life. If you are born again by water and the Spirit, you receive a new heart, a heart that comes to the place of obedience to what God is saying daily to you. You walk by it, and God has no option but to bless you. Praise the Lord. Check with me, message translation, John 3 again. Verse 5. John 3 verse 5. Praise the Lord. John 3 5 message translation. Jesus said, you are not listening. Oh, you know, I was talking to a Jewish rabbi. So you, you are not listening. So let me, let me repeat myself. That's what he's trying to say here. You are not listening, Nicodemus. Let me say it again. Unless a person submit to this original creation. The wind <laughs> hovering over the water creation. The invisible moving the visible. A baptism into a new life is not possible to enter God's kingdom. 
Did you get that? How many of you remember what happened here? Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, remember that? Good. Verse 1 and 2. The earth was without form and void. And the Spirit. Did you get that? So when we're talking about being born again, we're talking about the invisible invading the visible and bringing a transformation that makes you a new creature in God. Unless that happens in your life, you can't obey God. You can't walk in the reality of being a new creature. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise the living God. He said, except that happens, you can enter into the kingdom. So don't tell me, you are not, I mean, the kingdom is not here because you are not experiencing what you are supposed to experience of being in the kingdom. So let me just quickly talk to this, I mean, show you this, and then perhaps we can begin to go. But do you like this definition? For me, it's so crucial. It blew my mind when I was reading it. Jesus said, you are not listening. Let me say it again. Let me explain. Unless a person submits to his, this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to do what? To enter God's kingdom. It's not possible. Unless you are truly born again from within. Unless the word and the spirit works in conjunction to flush your system, to give you a new heart, a heart that responds to God's word. How many of you understand this? When the Bible says the spirit hover, that means the spirit was incubating. Hallelujah. It was incubating the creation. I want you to get this. How many of you understand when the hen lays the egg for the eggs to finally match, hatch, you find that the hen will incubate the egg. How many of you follow what I'm talking about? When the spirit hovered over the creation, that was an incubating period. So what was going on? The deposit of God's life. Same thing that happened to Mary. Oh, come on, I love this. The Bible made us understand that thing, I mean, the, the glory of the Lord shall overshadow it. The spirit of the shall overshadow it. There was an incubating period. And within that process, the seed of life was deposited in who? In Mary. And hear what Mary said. Be it to me according to your word. So the word came in. And then the spirit incubated. And then the seed was formed. Christ came forth. That's new birth. Are you following what I'm talking about? Is anybody following what I'm saying here? When you receive the word, there's an incubation that takes place by the Holy Spirit. A new thing begins to form in your life. That invisible thing will finally become what? Visible. The word becoming flesh. Praise God. The Bible says, except that happens, you can enter into the kingdom. It will be a story. It will, be, it will be just another story that you read from books. Amen? But man, I'm talking about... Okay, let's just quickly take this and then we'll be done for today. Romans 14, 17. Some of you may be hearing stuff that you've never heard before. Some of you may be hearing Jeremy for the first time and say, come on, this man, what is it? No, 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 no. He said, God is progressive. 
God is not stagnant. God's word is not stagnant. It's not the way you used to know it. Every day he reveals himself. Some of the things I know before, I don't even think, I mean, I can't understand. I can't comprehend them. I can't even put them together with what God is saying to me today. Still on the word. Every day, there's a fresh remnant. How many of you understand that in the, in the wilderness, he told them, don't you ever keep the manna to the next day. How many of you understand that? What did he say will happen when you keep it? It will breed worms. And that's why the Bible says, give us del- our what? Delivery. Not the one of yesterday. Because the one of yesterday may not work for today. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Even science is moving forward. How many of you understand that even some rats have become used to the medicine of yesterday? They are not dying today again. <laughs> if you want to kill today's rats, you have to improve all your medication. Come on. Are you following what I'm talking about? The devil of yesterday has become supersonic that you have to upgrade to be able to capture the world of today. The word of God is ever living. It's ever living. Are you there with me? Praise God. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things have a Christ is acceptable God and approved of men. Kingdom of God is not meat and drink. The religion will practice. The faith will practice. What God sent from heaven. Right? Which actually intends to make the instrument of establishing a nation upon the earth. It's not food. It's not natural thing. It's not meat and drink. Hallelujah. It consists not in this outward and this kind of indifferent things. It's neither particularly enjoys us, not particularly forbids us. I mean, what we are talking about is God's kingdom is not again eating good food or something like that. That's not what he's saying. Of God, God wants you to eat right. Eat good food. Amen? Take good breakfast. Eat good food. Anytime you want to eat, eat good food. That's why take time to prepare the meal you are eating. Huh? Oh, I don't have time. Pepper and salt and uh, just manage that one. No. Prepare the meal. Take time to prepare it and let it come from your heart. Spend time. My wife takes so much time and sometimes I have to say, baby, come on, I need this thing. Huh? But she takes time. And like, I, like I always say, by the time I'm done, especially with her goosey soup, sleeping tablet is already there. She takes time to do it. Not baby and salt and just turn it. Now you're looking at the soup, you're seeing your face. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? That's why some of your husband like going to a hotel to eat. When they come back and say, the food is ready. Say, oh no, I don't feel like eating today. No, the man got eating from the hotel. Because whatever he sees on the plate is mirror. No, man, take time. Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? So, when he says it's not meat and drink, so it's a hey, kingdom of God does not bother about this thing. It's spirit. No, no. Good food. Is that all right? Come on, are you with me? Praise the Lord. 
So he said, it's righteousness, which is the pardon of sin. God has pardoned our sins, holiness of heart and life, and peace in the soul. You know, from a sense of God's mercy, peace regulating, ruling, and harmonizing our heart. We have a relationship with God. We have peace with God. We have peace with men. Listen for me. You can't, you can't claim to be in the kingdom where you don't have peace among yourselves. God's kingdom is peace. It's righteousness, yes, towards God. Peace towards God and men. Joy towards yourself. Are you following what I'm talking about? This is what the kingdom does. This is what the message does. When you're born again, <laughs> you come into the kingdom, you have peace with God. First of all, you have the righteousness of God, not your own righteousness. Know what you can do. Know what you think you can do religiously. You have the righteousness of God in Christ. Is that okay? Good. That is communicated to you by the Holy Spirit. Then the next thing that's communicated to you is peace. Now you know God has forgiven you your peace. I mean your sins. You know you have no problem with God. God has no problem with you. Not just that. You don't have to have any problem with your neighbor. Peace is both horizontal and vertical. It's towards God, towards man. That's the cross. See the cross? One straight one, and then the cross one. This one is towards God, this one is towards men. Jesus made peace between God and men. You follow what I'm talking about? So don't tell me you are not in the kingdom or you are in the kingdom. If you are in the kingdom, you've got to have peace with God. If you don't have peace with God, it simply means you have not entered into the kingdom. If you are not having peace with men, it simply means you have not yet entered into the kingdom. You have not truly been born again by the water and the spirit. That's what I'm talking about. When God circumcises your heart, offenses will disappear. Come on! Are you still following what I'm talking about? The peace in your heart will make you forgive people even when they are not qualified for your forgiveness. You forgive them. And the Bible says God shared, you know, in our heart. Say the love of God is shared abroad where? In our heart. Love of God. The love of God, which is the peace of God, is shared abroad in our heart. To all men, irrespective of what they've done, irrespective of what they are doing, you are in the kingdom. You want God to help you? You want God to really heal you? You want God to deliver you? You got to have peace with both God and who? A man. Praise the living God. And talks about joy in the Holy Ghost. Solid spiritual happiness. A joy which springs from a clean sense of God's mercy and love of God. Being shared abroad in the heart of man by the Holy Spirit. In the world, it is happiness brought into the soul by the Holy Spirit. And maintained there by the same influence. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. In the first Friday, first Sunday service, a lady was standing here and I said, my sister, listen, this is what God is saying. There is so much that you are supposed to be tapping right now within around you in the spirit, but the only instrument you need to connect those things is joy. He said, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Salvation is provided. Sozo, which means deliverance, which means health, which means healing. It's deliverance. It's all around that salvation. He said the only instrument, the only thing you need to pick those things is what? Joy. Some of you are losing out of what God has made available because there is no spirit of joy in your heart at all. But the kingdom of God 
is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want you to get it. Righteousness without sin. Peace without inward disturbance. Are you troubling your spirit? No, that is not evidence of God's kingdom. That is not attribute of God's kingdom. Are you disturbed continually in your soul? No, no, no. The Bible says he poured out his soul as an offering. You know what that's supposed to mean? He poured out his soul as an offering that we may have his own soul, which is actually peace. The soul he poured out, as it were, is the soul. Now let me preach from Revelation 20. The Bible says, He saw the soul of them that were beheaded. How many of you read that? And they reign with Christ a thousand years. Have you read that? Have you read that? The soul, he didn't see people. He saw souls that were beheaded. You know what that means? Souls that have lost their identity with Adam. They, were, they have lost their, their reality with Adam. Their thinking pattern have changed. They lost their soul. Are you sitting there with me? Come on. So we're talking about now they have a new soul. They have a new understanding about Christ. As a matter of fact, we're talking about the people who have received Christ as their head. The people who initially, the Bible says, Christ have nowhere to lay his head. Now they lost their soul, they lost their mind, they lost their head. Christ have become their head. Are you following me? That's what the Bible says, Christ is the head of the church. Before he went to the cross, he has nowhere to lay his head. But after the cross, he has where to lay his head. Now Christ is your head. That means your thinking should be Christ. He should be the one to control you. Not your mind, not your soul in that sense. Not your Adamic life anymore. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. So we're talking about the spiritual kingdom of God and Christ in the world. Consider not in these little things of meat and drink, but the righteousness towards God and our neighbor in peace, that is, in peace, peaceableness of disposition of the heart and mind, in Christian love, in Christian agreement, in Christian unity, and joy of the Holy Spirit, that is joyful sense of love shed abroad in our heart. We don't have any option than to be at peace with one another. No option. If you're truly born again, your head is circumcised. The heart of flesh is, I mean, heart of stone is taken away and you're going to the heart of flesh. You have no option. The next thing that flows through you is peace, joy, love. Come on. Is anybody following what I'm saying here? By the time we get now to part two of this, you begin to understand. Don't tell me you want to enter the kingdom and you don't have these attributes that I'm talking about. God says the first First, the preliminary thing, the first test you're going to go through to get into the kingdom to experience his peace, his joy, is for you to be born of the water and what? The spirit. That is receiving the gospel in faith and what? Obedience. Whatever thing he tells you to do, do it. That's what Mary said. Is that okay? Say the wine is finished. So what, 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 what is that to do with me? And the people, and Mary told the disciples, the mother of Jesus what if I ask you to do, do what? Do it. And when, I, when, when he told them, just fetch ordinary water, it could look stupid, put it in the, in the, in the vessels or whatever. What's the next thing that happened? The water turned what? Into wine. What if I ask you to do? Do it. What is, what is the symbol of wine? Wine speaks of joy. 
Man speaks of happiness. Man speaks of an elated state of mind. Amen? You understand that? That's why the Bible made us understand that when they came from the upper room and they were speaking in tongues, they thought they were drunk with what? Wine. Tongue water after wine. What is going on here? The joy of the Lord is becoming the strength of those who obey everything that God says. So if God said tongue water, I mean, pour ordinary water, like the mother would say, whatever he asks you to do, say sweep the floor, sweep the floor. You don't know what is going to come out of that. Joy will come out of that. Peace will come out of that. You begin to experience the kingdom of God. Is anybody understanding me? Anything he asks you to do, what? Do it. Now, Mary is not there. Who is going to ask you to do what you are supposed to do now? The word of God. As you read the word, as the word comes to you, anything the word asks you to do, what is he saying you should do? Do it. It will turn from ordinary water into what? Into wine. Wine gives you joy. As much as possible. You want joy in the life. Am I right? Follow the instructions of God. That's what the Bible is telling you. No, don't think you're going to have joy from people. Don't think that somebody's going to give you anything. Listen to me. Even if I have to bless my wife with one million, for instance. If that one million is gone, the joy that that one million produces is all what? Gone. It's one million joy. Hmm? Buy your wife a brand new car. And let her be driving on the road with all the amount of joy in her life for having a brand new car. And one stupid drunken man just come from the roadside and bash the car. Begin to see the reaction of the woman. The joy she had for having that car is all gone. It's temporary. But I'm talking about the joy. I'm talking about the peace that passes all understanding. Circumstance does not dictate this peace I'm talking about. Psychotherapy does not dictate this joy I'm talking about. So whether you have money or not, you can be in the kingdom. Is that okay with you? It has nothing to do with how much money you have in your wallet, in your purse, in your bank. Nothing to do with that. You can experience peace if you are in the kingdom of God. And if there's anything you need in this world, it's peace. If there's anything you need in this life, it's joy. Nothing more. Praise the living God. But I'm saying you can have that without all the millions in your bank account. Most times, even those who have all the millions, they don't have as much joy as you do. Am I correct? Praise the living God. I want somebody to understand what Jesus is saying. And what is he saying? Except you are born again of the water. Don't forget the word of. In, by, through the water. It means the water and the spirit become the source of your life. Are you there with me? That's why the Holy Spirit was opening, was brooding over the creation. So that life will come to the creation that without form and void. You are being filled by the spirit. You are being filled by this kingdom. Joy is coming to you. Peace is coming to you. No man can take it from you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever God does is permanent. The Bible says no man can alter it, neither can any man take from it. God is returning to you as you return to him.